you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. And they'll bring the house. Rivers throws to Gordon on the screen. One man to miss, and of course he makes a miss. 40, 45, midfield 50, 40. No one in front of him. Flash to the finish line. Touchdown, Chargers. 66 yards to pay dirt. Melvin Gordon. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, there he was, Melvin Gordon running for a touchdown. And there he was, watching from high in the sky, Matt Money Smith, the radio voice of your Los Angeles Chargers. Football's back, everybody. Hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Presented once again, just like it was in 2018. Now I know football's back. Because so, too, is Zaxby's. Ooh. Ooh, go get yourself some of them fingers. Me and Spaghetti and the gang went out there. We ate those things up. We hung out with uh, Rashawn Evans. We worked the drive through window. Oh, it was positively a gay time for everybody. I'll on be in Nashville there. this year. Is that true? Yeah, bolts at, uh, at Titans. Uh, I think third week of October. So I'll make my way over to Zaxby's one of those days. I'm starting to dig in on the schedule a little bit and seeing who got a especially rough ride coming out of the gate the first two to four weeks. I can really put you behind the eight ball. You hear the voice of him there. Let's uh, not wait another moment, shall we, to say hello to him. It's been far too long since he shadowed the door of Studio 66. You know his voice, though, already because you just heard him calling that Melvin Gordon touchdown. It's our old pal, Matt Money-Smith. All right, that's good. Well, a little bit, a little golden voice, a play-by-play analyst. All right, all right, all right. I think that was uh, that was enough. Um, so it's such are, a bang up job. Make, I hate blowing them off. Every make time sure, make sure you you're checking out uh, the Petros and Money Show. Great stuff. Uh, when I've caught you this summertime, you and Petros. Um, 
as uh, as grand as ever. Um, chopping up, uh, I you guys, don't, I I feel sincerely as somebody who gets a little bit of that stink of like it's a little bit. I'm not a listen. I'm not a high end comedian or anything, but it, there's no wonder that Jim Carrey and Eddie Murphy and Bill Murray and all those people eventually wind up like. I'll show you I can do drama. Let me do just to get just have, like, like I'm some sure. wiseacre who, who, who's dis- disposable. Yeah, you guys have the best, um, most sort of uh, unfiltered conversations about what's going on, even about local guys in Los Angeles. So kudos to you. Thank you. Now, also funny. I, uh, funnier than anybody else on the radio. I but. just had a friend say this to me this morning. Um, he said, man, what a what a great time to be in Los Angeles sports radio. You oh, the really? Chargers yeah. and the Rams. And he goes on this, and I just let him speak. He's like, you know, and he's, he's he, he listens to the show every day. Rams and Chargers, each of them could win the Super Bowl. Heck, they might mean to say, yeah, LeBron, and now with the Clippers and Kawhi and the Dodgers, they look like they're going to – he goes – I guess it doesn't really matter because you guys don't talk about sports at all. So um, <laughs> I said, yeah, you think we might adjust a little bit to oh, talk a little sports here. I don't for any powerhouse or would be powerhouse or iconic college football team. I don't think anybody has better, more frank kind of conversations about the state of things than Petros has about his alma mater. Oh, about USC. USC. Great yeah, he is to. unique in that. In that matter, we had a we had an interesting off not the air conversation. To, not that he's looking to you know cause injury where there no, isn't. Any. but I said I said you have to remember because he was you know he was kind of uh, bemoaning the fact that so many of his his former teammates or former Trojans you know just heap praise upon the program endlessly. And I said you got to remember how odd it is that you treat and and view your alma mater the way you do i was like it, it, it is not commonplace i mean it is rare that that you know a former captain of a football team especially a, a usc trojans football team and what they mean in the community and in the national picture just is always defensive well i shouldn't say defensive but but always cynical about what the message is that's being put i was like that just that is, I don't know. That. I, I guess I don't know many don't, guys that are like that about he's their not, alma mater. But you wouldn't. But you wouldn't list him, or would you? He's not a hater per se, is he? I don't think he's looking to. I think to he's say been, bad I, things. I think for the like, last like seven years, well, it's he has been, been bad for the last. He seven has years. been very he. His proclivity is to go toward the negative, I would say, mm. um, as opposed to look for a positive in any any setting. Well, he routinely looks been, for the negative. There have been and, many and reasons to be positive. No, about, I mean, uh, about, I, it's much better than most people who puff their chests out and like, or, and, and are surprised that kids don't go to their school. Like, what? Don't they know what who we are? Like, yeah, you guys haven't won a national championship in twenty eight years. Nobody, it, it, it doesn't yeah, have I, the I same. I think for luster. him, I think for him, it's the whole. Um, and you know, we see this in the NFL too, right? Is kind of the or with the Lakers, it's like, oh, you, you know, got to hire in the family, and that's what USC's done, and it's been an unmitigated disaster. The the Pat Hayden, Lynn Swan, athletic it's exactly director right, yeah, is a mess, and the the Pete Carroll tree. Oh, we'll just hire Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, we'll hire Lane Kiffin. Mess, terrible. Clay Helton. You know what? Nobody's getting in trouble. Way to go. You're USC. That's that's now the qualification for a head coach is that guys aren't getting in trouble anymore. So we're good. Yeah, no, you're not. And it's, it's funny. No, you're not. And it's funny to connect it to uh, to the game of pro football. You know, Belichick doesn't have that same sort of uh, – there's no sense of that loyalty necessarily there, whereas old-school, tenured kind of uh, franchises uh, – 
one that wears black and gold, another one that wears blue and red uh, up in uh, the tri-state area of New York there. They do hold on to that like grim death. Like, we are the – don't you know we're the it's New family. York football – This is family. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is that we're working? bringing Dave Gettleman back because he knows the family. Yeah, maybe, maybe just kind of look somewhere else, see what else – Guys are doing around the league. Well, we are here now. Now it is. I mean, it's football season because there are all these things happening. Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott, probably the two biggest storylines right now. Um, and uh, beyond that, preseason football now underway. Reminder: people keep people keep getting very excited, but don't get too crazy. This is all a lie. Everything you're watching in the month of August is a visual lie. Everything you hear is a lie. He, look, he's in the best shape of his career. Where oh, this team's going to surprise some people. Oh, this this offense is going to be a nightmare for anyone we have to face. And then you watch these preseason games, and it looks like a real football game. But if you pay attention, you'll notice it's not. It's all a Civil War reenactment, as I say. <laughs> it has. It takes place. I don't in- want to die in the first act. I died in the first act last time we did this. <laughs> Shut up. You got to die. <laughs> There's- I'm not taking a bayonet again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is. They, they stage it. It's the same thing. You go you go to Gettysburg, PA, and oh, yeah, this is where it actually happened. Oh, look, the guy's got the uniforms on and everything else. But like, yeah, but your buddy's, your buddy's head isn't getting blown off by a cannonball mm. three feet away from you. It's not the same. No, so, no. I, so listen, I try to I, I legitimately um, I read what I, I, I like to see what uh, the state of rosters are. I try to watch not that much preseason football because it, it only tricks you. It, it it seduces you into believing things that are not that are going to evaporate think, in September. You know, in well, James, I'm a Steelers guy. James Washington right. looked like he was going to be, uh, you know, Jerry Rice in I'll 2018. The, and you in, know, the, in the two years I've done it um, with the Chargers, you know, every snap of four preseason games. I would say there's been, you know, because Derwin didn't play a lot, and we already knew Derwin, Derwin James was going to be great, but Austin Eckler's the one guy. Where in the preseason, it was just one of those, ooh, oh, you know, just his hmm. vision, his ability, his patience, find the hole, break tackles, catch balls out of the, you know. there. And I think that's that's what the preseason's for, right? It's it's spots 49 through 53, and those are the guy. and Austin Eckler was one of those guys. It's like, hey, is this undrafted free agent out of that's Western State going right. to make the team? And that's who you got to watch, not James Washington, first or second round pick. And, you know, they're supposed to be good, so they should be good. We had so many things to talk with money about. It's been far too long since we've seen him in real life, uh, let alone here in Studio 66. But um, so we'll jump into a bunch of things. I want to we have a little bit of a division um, money's sense of guys in sports is usually spot on. It's almost always right. And you've always said, you and Petros, love Eric Weddle. You think Eric Weddle is, uh, you know, one of the great characters. Local guy here, right. Inland Empire, so not like the West Side. I or- like him, but I, I said to Eddie Spaghetti, we went to Rams camp last week, and you can go back and listen to that one. Also go back to the listen to the podcast with uh, Andrew Hawkins, our new colleague, uh, and a delightful one. Love and, that guy. Uh, yeah, really great on uh, all things AFC North. If uh, if uh, any of those teams intrigue you, you'll want to listen to that one. Also some great insights on Bill Belichick and how he comports himself versus how he's sort of been portrayed over the last 20 years during this dynastic run. But Eric Weddle, you say, oh, he's, he's so funny. He's such a cool guy. A, and I said the spaghetti. I get, I think I get the same vibe off of him. But you know, money, I have self-esteem issues and I'm vain. <laughs> and uh, I said, I don't think he likes me for some reason. I've met him a couple of times. I just don't think he vibes to me. Like, I don't know, maybe there's just something. Which is odd. 
because I would his his sense of humor is very similar to yours. It is a very dry, witty. Uh, there's a sense of sarcasm in some of his answers, and we we grab we have grabbed many an ass with Eric he, Weddle over the years. He's com- no competition. That's why they're two alike. Is that he what has an unstoppable <laughs> force meets an immovable right, object, as right. Adam Carolla likes to say. Like, hey, you're too much alike. Yeah, that's right. the problem. You're too much alike. That's why you can't get along. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I, he he came over after you know practice, hot and sweltering and all that sort of thing. Um, so you know, listen, I don't hold I hold him. You gave him the business. Then and, he's he, a, and, he, and he didn't like it. And as he comes over, he has no. He took his cleats off, let the dogs out. Sure. And I, I said, like, hey, man, this is a professional outfit. What do you know? No shoes for the interview, and 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 it uh, it went from there. That that's he he, he didn't have care for tone, that. Huh? Didn't care for that. Didn't care for much of anything. Now maybe maybe we he, figured it out towards the end, right? Kind of. I, I think I think the issue. I, I don't want to uh, indict anyone here, but I think it just obviously you said a long hot day. He had to do a bunch of other interviews, and he finally got to us. And I think that he, if he was a day, I kind of agree with money in the sense of it was like a day where he was totally cool and like he kind of knew you and knew your vibe, and it was like ready to do or prepared to do it. I think you guys would have hit it off a lot better. Would have been much more funny. Uh, I think he was just like at the end of his day, and he was like, "All right, let's just get this thing over." Maybe with. maybe he's losing the position battle. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe things not, aren't going well in camp for what? Well, he's not he's not losing the uh, looks department because as soon as we finished, Eddie Spaghetti. I mean, I went out of his way to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Hey, that Eric Weddle, yeah, yeah. handsome devil. Yeah. Huh? Strong you jaw. like that spaghetti, huh? He's one of those strong-jawed superhero-looking right. guys. And he got rid of the beard too, because you never right. would have guessed that. And he got rid of the beard and went for like the styled mohawk. And I was, and no one really like everyone always thinks like quarterbacks, but no, he was just as square jaw. As any quarterback, yeah. very likable. Oh, usually out there playing with the kids. He's got the little kids running around. You know, dad's got him on the shoulder. It's you know, sort of uh, a little slice of America, right there. No, Eric he, he he grabbed a thing of mustard. And squirted it in my five-year-old's <laughs> face he said take that punk no he didn't do that but and as a matter of fact he did i uh, see he was kind enough maybe i'm overstating things or exaggerating a bit because he did uh record a little message for my uh for my 10 year old uh jean-claude van damashek in advance because we were at practice meaning i had to miss uh jean-claude's basketball game that night and he wished him well and said drop 40 on him huh. and and as a, a postscript uh Jean-Claude uh, came up uh, 39 points shy okay. of, of uh, the, the goal set. Yeah, by but you know what? He got the one. That's right. A free throw. Exactly. 10-year-old's hey. knocking him down. That's nice. pretty good. That ain't bad. Speaking of which, not, that, not to get off script here. No, no, no. But don't we always do that? You know, you got Steelers in town this year taking on the Chargers. Oh, yeah. Um, I know your plan. Yeah. I think we gotta, we got to let the boys choose. We can't, we can't have Dad showering them with some freaking – BS Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. We went out to Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. I think it's done. I think I think it's sealed. But if you want to make your best efforts to swing them to the Chargers, have at it, friend. What are they doing next week? Because uh, you saw what camp is. You saw those inflatables out there, the giant cornhole, the bouncy house, mm-hmm. you know, the temporary tattoos, the high five zone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, why would you wear black and gold when you can wear that beautiful powder blue? Oh, get them that. Get them that Don't powder that. blue. Don't start that jive. Get a little that, Hunter Henry action, maybe. We we had some. We had your friend Handsome Hank in here a couple weeks ago. And we did our win play show of the uniforms of 2019, and he had the Chargers at number one. As, absolutely, they're, I don't get they're that. back to powder blue. Nah, they're not quite right. They got to get the black uh, numbers back on the hat no. before I'll. Uh, they got gold I'll... face masks. They got the gold face masks. Also upcoming before the end of uh, training camp. What, just Spaghetti. real quick, what do you think the boys are? Are they more defense or offense? 
Because, like, I'm just thinking if I if I get Joey Bosa to come over and say hi to him and they see, like, a real living giant, uh-huh. that really might move the needle a little bit. Like, my goodness, that guy's hand. I had He shook my hand. And, and unlike my dad's little baby hands, this thing <laughs> swallowed up my arm <laughs> to the elbow. I was really, like, maybe maybe it's a Bosa interaction I got to get for those boys. <laughs> Quickly, on the topic of camp, uh, we just got the news that we, we can't announce August 14th, Wednesday. We are DDFP is traveling to Chargers camp. Oh, oh is perfect. that right? Yeah, no, right. no guests confirmed yet, but we are going. I will. Uh, I'll make sure I'm there. <laughs> what are, what I mean, no, no names it? confirmed yet, but okay. we will. We'll get day. a guest. Who we, play, we will get. I would imagine you'll get multiple. We will get plenty of guests. The yes, Chargers just, organization. I always love catching up with uh, Melvin Ingram and Melvin Gordon, for that matter. We'll see if Melvin Gordon happens to be there. Very quickly, I do want to point out to money and to the audience in case you missed it. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti has vowed to get a mohawk in advance of the season. So we're going to that, that right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've done it. I've done it in the past. It was. Th- I mean, thanks to Eric Weddle, uh, who had the mohawk, and Dave was shocked that in college in one of the summers in between grades in college i had a mohawk multiple times good that's gonna be fun all right maybe we uh, can let a listener uh give it to you that'd be a fun that's that's listener participation i mean it's better than super cuts right now for me this is not great what a great uh fan look at that hair it's terrible (laughs) fan play (laughs) fan player interaction between juju and the head tattoo guy nice little play for the steelers there what spaghetti would you do that if uh let's say you know, let's say it's uh, yeah. let's say it's Saquon. All right, there you go. Oh, that's tough. He's such an awesome guy. Yeah, I know. Uh, so you've got your mohawk. You're at Giants camp, and and he says, "Hey, I'll sign your head there, and if you get a tattooed, I'll yeah. give you season tickets." What do you do? I, me being an idiot, I probably would do it. Okay, but I, I'm I'm afraid of tattoos because I I would get them. I think music related, but I'm I'm just too afraid to go and actually get it done <laughs> and then get, regret it. He'll get Eddie V written on the uh, tattoo. Similar. To the side I of mean, his yeah. You're, in, you're in hold the, on, hold on. He was gonna get that stupid Pearl Jam stick figure. Stick man, yeah. I mean, and then the Soundgarden, the the bad motor finger, the, the, the bad saw, motor finger that looks like the old adapter for the forty five when records were in right, fashion. Exactly. Listen, yeah. beggars can't be choosers. If you're willing to get a tattoo of uh, either one of those on the side of your head, I'd love to see right. it. So no, I, long as I can see your girlfriend Jada when she when it's first revealed to her. What? How was your day, Eddie? <laughs> it was pretty good. Check this out. Oh, I'd love to see well, that. I wouldn't get it on my head. It would be like a... It'd have hidden, to be. It would be... No, 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 the Saquon. The point yeah, is on the, the Mohawk. Just like the Steeler guy. The Saquon thing, but my... Sweetheart, you are not going to believe the good fortune <laughs> that fell upon me this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Chargers camp, Melvin Ingram shaved my head, and I returned the favor by putting Saquon Barkley on the side of my head. Dig. Um... Here's so, the good news. <laughs> <laughs> we got season tickets for the G-Men. <laughs> Bad news, there is none. <laughs> what is that on the side of your head? It's a work of art. <laughs> it's my commitment to Big Blue. Get oh, on board man. or get out of the way. Um, all right, let's jump into it then. We're Can I, you know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to do please, this. Please. I always do this to you, but I'm going to say it. Because... Oh, we have some Kent Brown voicemails to get to. Oh, as well. good. We have a lot to get to. Okay, so real ahead. quick, I do want to say this, because it was really, of all the advice my older brother gave me as I was uh, you know, coming of age and maturing, this was by far the best, because I, I scoffed at Eddie Stickman Pearl Jam figure, but there was a time when, when an 18-year-old me was ready to get the the Grateful Dead Dancing Bears tattooed oh, around my ankle. Oh, I wish you had done that and, so I could um, make fun of it. The day that I was going to do it, my older brother said to me, he did, you know, it wasn't your typical, you idiot. You're not doing that. It was, hey, if you want it, great. 
but do me a favor, wait a year because you'll still have it for the rest of your life in a year. And if you still want it in a year, then by all means, go ahead and get it. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, that seems like, seems like good advice. And about three days later, I was like, the hell was I thinking getting dancing bears around my freaking ankle? I the weirdest of all tattoos. Although, well, listen, let's, let's win play show. Worst kind of tattoos you can get here. Ready? Let's go jump into this. I think in the show position, it's the barbed wire. Yeah. I was thinking that's a terrible mistake. Well, it depends. How far are we going? Like, are we doing face and neck tattoos, or are we just talking about style? Oh, I see. I see. Because obviously, face tattoos worst, neck tattoos second worst, and yeah, then ne- we get into the tramp stamp, barbed wire, all that sort of stuff. I don't care if it goes down in history as highly regarded as the Mona Lisa painting. If it's on your face, it's not a good idea. Right. Right. That's just going to. So limit let's just your, take those. Off. Let's take everything above limit the shoulders career opportunity. off the board. Right. Carmelo. Uh, uh, wait. Uh, who Kenyon was, Martin's uh, lips. Kenyon Martin has the lips. On his neck. I used to always worry what happens when he gets out of the NBA and he goes in for that accounting job. He's not going to get it. No. You know? um, <laughs> I think like Deshaun Stevenson had a $5 bill on his neck. How about Birdman? Chris Anderson, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. By the way, one of the great all time verbal altercations in NBA history when Kenyon Martin went after Jeremy Lin for the dreadlocks and said that it was cultural appropriation. And he just immediately clapped back with, What's up with the Chinese character tattoo on your neck there, pal? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right, conversation's over. Boy, you led me neatly into what's up there for me, at least, is is that. Chinese character tattoo, When you... Why would you get in any language if you if if your language, if the only language you speak is English or if the only language you speak is Spanish, why would you get something in another language? What what uh, pretentious? Because it looks cool, man. What that, what that means? Sanskrit. What I I got it in Korean. It means peace and love. Like why didn't you just get peace and love then? Why did you do that? And then right. usually what happens is it doesn't mean it that doesn't in a mean language that, that you, you see like a native. <laughs> no, like, right. That means yeah. that, that means, means like, hugs and kisses. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me the win is if, if it doesn't matter where on your body it goes. But I also think as a, a back to twenty uh, year old Matt Money Smith. I think the guys, like, you're trying to have it both ways. You want a tattoo because you think it's cool to get ink. But if you're getting it on your ankle, now you're you're really being a coward. If you're getting it sure. a little small thing on the on your shoulder, what are you doing? You know, then, then if you're getting ink, get ink, you know? For me, it was, I thought it was, you know, super cool. Like, hey, I got a ring of bears dancing around my leg. And then it, it, there's, there's so many things. A, why would I want to call attention to my bird legs? You know, point, B, right. why do I want a bunch of rainbow bears when I'm going to grow up and start a family and my kids are going to say, mm-hmm. what was that, Dad? Oh, your dad used to fry his brains out at Grateful <laughs> Dead shows. And these little cartoon <laughs> bears would appear in the middle of everywhere. What was your favorite dead show? I don't know. I was hiding out in the porta potty doing <laughs> exactly. things that you, you better never do. Exactly. Just, there's so many kinds of wrong with it. But, um, yeah, I think for me, it's it's the... And, and, and I guess it's probably because it's anecdotal and we were doing a show in Huntington Beach and I don't remember how it came up, but I, I basically just barked out. I was like, great, we're going to have a bunch of guys in lifted trucks with flat bills and koi tattoos come over and high five us. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, one of the guys that was working at the restaurant walked over and he goes, hey, I just just want to let you know that really hurt. I was like, what's that? He goes, I got a lifted F-150 outside and see kind of how I like to wear my hat. And he goes, uh, well, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the koi tattoo. Uh, here's the koi fish that you were talking about. So for me, it's that koi fish. 
well, that, the, uh, that you get on the sleeve. I mean, the one the talk about having just a little bit of patience. These people, this 21st century phenomenon of people getting tattoos declaring their team that hasn't won the championship yet, that they're going to 2019 champs or whatever. Why oh, on earth? So bad. Why on earth would you do that one? Uh, but you know what? Uh, a, a dishonorable mention, frat letters. That's another one. Uh, like, just yes. wait a couple of years. See if you still want those frat letters yes. when you're 25. <laughs> Emblazoned on your body. Sig up house. Uh, Chico State. Best time of my life. Because it was just the greatest. It, nothing, nothing touched it. My bros. Be my bros for life. Hey, you're all, you know, you're not, you, you weren't in the frat. You are. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Don't call it a frat. You wouldn't call your country a <laughs> the, Shut the, up. the couple I'd throw in. No, you're right, because that, that wouldn't really make much sense. But uh, yeah, frat works fine. Yeah, like don't don't you call it San Fran? Oh yeah, I'm gonna call it San Fran. Works for me. <laughs> don't call it Frisco. People hate that. Well, uh, all right, then they should get over that. There are <laughs> other things to worry about. Speaking of hometown uh, naming places, my, my two friends got of their hometown, Staten Island. Uh, after a few drinks, they went to a place. Got it looks like a squiggly line was just drawn on their calf. And then my <laughs> it's one supposed friend, to be Staten Island. Supposed to be Staten Island. It's awful. <laughs> And then my other friend, just to uh, like outdo the other Staten Island tattoo, got it. But where his hometown neighborhood is, the he put the Wu Tang symbol, the W, right where his neighborhood is. <laughs> okay, those two worst tattoos. <laughs> sure, sure. Because why not? Well, soon we'll see spaghetti. What he chooses at the uh, at the tattoo artist. On me, Spaghetti. All right. On me. One of my frat brothers. After Phil Rivers <laughs> and Keenan Allen come over and shave your head. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of fraternities, one of my fraternity brothers in college had, uh, I feel bad saying it, but I, I said it to him, had argu- arguably the worst tattoo I've ever seen. It was Chester the Cheetah leaning on a keg. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying, Randy, what? Like, oh, I like Chester the Cheetah. He was a Chicago guy. I like Chester the Cheetah, you know, and I like to drink beer. So what the hell? You know, it's, it's uh, merging of two things that I really like. I have a friend uh, who's uh, a distinguished, I mean, legitimately, it's funny, a decade later, um, one of my cousins was in business school at a high-end business school somewhere in the continental U.S., and he said, wasn't your friend's name Derek, and I won't say his last name to shame him here, but, uh, and he said, yeah, and he said, you know, he is in my textbook for his marketing idea that he came up with, and it really revolutionized some. How about that? It was really good, but we knew him as the hog, you know, like... (laughs) He, I think he self-appointed that one. That name preceded my knowing him, but he was the hog. And uh, the hog, I mean, used to all, all manner of embarrassing stuff. We got a couple of drinks in him. You would find him passed out, like knees on the ground, like face down on a chair <laughs> at like midnight. So like, he was what? praying. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, you, he was one of those guys who, when he got uh, too, too many in him, you, you could uh, do. We would stack him. You know, so sure. You could do. You could wrap him like a uh, a toilet paper mummy, like. Head to toe, you could do that. You could put cigarettes in his mouth, burning cigarettes. Oh, Nothing yeah. would wake him up. And we have photographs of this and that kind of stuff. Same thing as the tattoo of uh, Chester the Cheetah leaning on a keg. Um, like it's, I, I love to just have that over people. Like, you ever try to run for office? Guess what? You ever try to? You ever try? Like, you you don't do what I say. You don't meet my demands. I go public. Yeah. And then we'll see where you are. That is uh, 
whenever everybody, anybody, and not that they do anymore, but back in the day when I thought about a career in politics, and they say, hey, why don't you run for office? I just immediately, too many skeletons. <laughs> no, <laughs> so it takes, that wouldn't work It out. takes a half second. Too many skeletons. I, I need too many hitmen to, yeah, to not, wipe uh, the earth clean of all those It'll be over who... before it starts, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't last two days. Um, all right. You know what? Let's get into it. We're talking about negotiations of, uh, of various kinds here. That brings us to Zaxby's Fresh Takes. It's time for the Fresh Takes presented by Zaxby's famous chicken fingers wings and salads like we say we had a, a grand time in nashville tennessee a couple months ago around the draft with rashawn evans met some uh, some wonderful people down there in nashville behind the counter and in front of it and um so we'll ta- tackle uh, some fresh takes here and let's talk about the big story right now these two high-end running backs and as far as i'm concerned how it relates to levy and bell you'll recall a year ago levy and bell decided to i guess play pseudo martyr this wasn't just about 26 in his future with the black and gold and how much money he could get out of uh, the Steelers but Levy and Bell declared that he was going to reset the market for all running backs going forward running backs were getting a raw deal these high-end runners such physical beatings they take they they deserve better from pro football and listen I I'm proletarian I believe money you kind of lean that way I'm not sure absolutely I'm a man of the people I, you know, I, the working man, even if he's a multimillionaire working man, I'm, I'm going to side on that uh, side of things most uh, most often. So I was on board spiritually with Levy and Bell now as a Steelers fan and uh, the closing window that is now closed for the uh, the high end uh, triplets as they, uh, you know, with uh, with Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger and onto a new era. <clears throat> I could see that without Levy and Bell, there was going to be some uh, some consequence there. But Levy and Bell doesn't reset the market. It kind of doesn't work. You can debate that all you want, but that he would have wound up with more money had he just signed with Pittsburgh in what is presumably a better, more stable organization than the Jets witness the fact that as soon as the Jets sign him, Adam Case, the head coach of the team, declares, yeah, we paid too much money for him. That's and by right. the way, the GM's been fired. Yeah, that's it, it right. gave him that contract. That's right. Yeah. Oh, the GM <laughs> gave him that much money? That's They're out. Outrageous. Who would do such a thing in the 21st century? You're gone. So now we have Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon following Levy and Bell's lead. I think you can make a case that there's a kind of a straight line like, well, that's, you know, that's how you play hardball. That's how you have to get it done. Um, and so so I guess the question is open ended money. You're the voice of the Chargers. First off, Melvin Gordon how do you think this plays out? Now there's word from Melvin Gordon's camp. Yeah, we requested a trade. They refused it. Where do the, where do the Chargers and Melvin Gordon go from here? I, I think Melvin either takes the deal they've offered him uh, or he doesn't play. It's, that would be my guess is they would be content because they're not going to get anything in a trade for him because any team that trades for him is going to be dealing with the exact same thing. And that is that Todd Gurley makes $13 million, but And this is if you believe, and I'm not saying I have sources that other people don't. I think they're the same people that have kind of been putting this out there in social media and, and through the media. Uh, I know Ian Rappaport has put it out there. I think Steve Weich has as well, if I remember kind of where I was seeing their numbers. But, you know, Gurley and Bell and David Johnson are all at 13. Devontae Freeman is at 8-8. Eight, eight, and you're talking about a Charger team that's offering them, you know, 21 million bucks over the first two years. I mean, now you are right below those three guys and ahead of that second tier. And I think that's where he belongs. I I think Melvin, I don't think Melvin Gordon, um, because he missed four games last year, he missed four games that's two the years before that. The year, that's the issue to yeah, me. Is in that 2017, been... his knee was giving him a ton of trouble. Like, hey, kind of the old adage, <clears throat> the old adage is, 
whatever your salary is for this year plus the franchise tag. That's your next two years. If you can beat that, take it. Because that's that's reality. I mean, you know, whether, again, you mentioned bourgeoisie be proletariat, that's the reality. Those are the rules you operate under. So his salary is five, six. What's the franchise tag for backs? It's like nine. Is that what it is right now? About nine million? Okay, that's 14, six. He's getting 21. Take it. But now he's backed himself into this corner with his agent that they can't just cave and take the deal that Tom Telesco and company offered him six weeks ago. And, and I don't think they're going to budge off that number. It's like, hey, man, that's a lot of money when we've got Bosa and Ingram and Phillip Rivers and Mike Williams and all these guys coming mm. up, that's that's the fourth highest paid running back. And in those first two years, I think you'd be the third highest paid running back. Cap aside, which is obviously relevant to any of these conversations, but that aside, I think you can make a case if you're Melvin Gordon. All right. I mean, if nothing else, uh, for, for pride's sake, I can't just walk back in here and accept that money after I've already rejected it and everything else. Just bump it up by a million dollars, 11, 12 million dollars when the high end guys are making, you know, a little bit more than that. Melvin Gordon, I think, deserves to be in that conversation among uh, among yeah. the high end runners. And He's I not think, Zeke Elliott necessarily. I think the Chargers would then say, no, we can't because then every player is going to do what you just did. And yeah, right. That's fair market value. We did not lowball you. Your your agent goes on a, a media tour and says that our offer was disrespectful and it was, you know, the fourth highest running back contract uh, in the league. And I think the other problem. And look, and I like Melvin a lot. I I, um, I love the guy. He's, he's, I mean, he's a great guy. He's, such he's a funny fun to guy. be around. Yeah. Um, and love to give him the business about <clears throat> having Matt Money Smith sized uh, calves. <laughs> yeah, he does, but he can. He's a little more powerful with his calves. He than is I am. more powerful inexplicably because he does have yes. the same birdie legs as you, and he, he'll um, concede it. And I've said it to his face. And I think the other problem is that you know you've got a good running back room. You know, that's, Justin that's Justin Jackson. Issue, right? Justin Jackson is going to be good. That kid. That kid. That 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 young man uh, can run the hell out of the ball, and Austin Eckler is a perfect. You know, if if you're running those two guys and you're splitting carries, that's a good tandem to have for a team because both of them catch the ball out of the backfield. Both of them are good in pass pro. Both of them are really good between the tackles. Um, I think the most underrated thing about Eckler is patience and vision, and he does a great job. And that's something that Melvin struggled with, you know, in in his entire career. He'll miss holes and he'll he'll just look to stretch it and and try to turn up field. And you'll see, you know, those interior holes are open there for him. Um, And I think of all the guys on the team, Eckler's the best at it. So I think that's that's working against him as well. But look, there's no doubt they're a better team with him. My God, he's he's a great back. Um, I think it's just getting that puzzle, that financial puzzle to work. And, And I think the team probably being a little upset that that's the way they viewed a deal that was going to get him 21 million bucks in the first two years. It, it is. I mean, it's a conversation as old <laughs> as at least free agency. If look, not, look what uh, the chargers just posted, by the way, uh, in their joint practice with the, uh, with Justin the Rams. Jackson, Justin Jackson, catching a uh, touchdown pass from has Phil he, rivers on the wheel route. Has there. he put any uh, weight on? Because that's a concern. He's not even 200 pounds. That's a, that's uh not ideal for an NFL runner. Yeah. He's, he's pretty stout though. He's like the if you you know how it is. I like that. I mean, I like yeah, watching him in the Big Ten, and he's I like pretty built. I mean, his best game, unfortunately for me, was against Pittsburgh when he came in there in the second half and really, especially, uh, kind of sealed that one for yeah. Phil and company. Um, yeah, that's the concern, and that's the distinction to be made. While well, there are a couple of distinctions between Melvin's situation and Zeke's down in Dallas, do you think I, I'm with uh, with your radio partner? 
Daniel Jeremiah. Whether or not it makes sense in the universal, if you know, to 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 invest that kind of loot into a running back, uh, you know, given the cap and uh, the importance of other positions and the ability to survive without that high end runner, I kind of feel like the Dallas Cowboys of 2019 have a chance to win a division and to be relevant in the postseason, but not without Zeke Elliott. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you would hundred percent Alfred Morris. I love Alfred Morris too, by the way. I don't know why he's always on the waiver. Why, why is he always out there when anybody needs a back? I know Tells he's you not, something, right? There's something about it. Doesn't, but he's lovely. He's, he, he is without ego. With no the rarest away, thing I guess. You never I know, get that but big... still, I liked, I mean, I, I'm with you hundred percent. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, I, so I, he's Zeke, not going to fill a different that. category. Like that's, you know, he wants to be the highest paid running back and, he should be because he's the best running back in the NFL. Uh, I think, you know, that's that's and that's they're it, done that's, without him. Don't you think? I mean, is it fair? To, like Dak, I, it seems to me it seems the, like it. Right. Kellen Moore is indicating what I said for I, I said all I Eddie Spaghetti behind the glasses heard me say this ad nauseum. Now, if you just watch week two in Dallas, when the Giants go down there, they get into that RPO action in the red zone with Dak. And it's the difference in the game. And, and no wonder when you have a mountain of a man like Dak Prescott and when you're in his presence, he is huge. He's not just tall like Tom Brady. is. Right. He's, he's a thick, big human being who you would not want to try and tackle if you weren't required to by uh, by your contract. And then Zeke Elliott on the other side. That's I mean, you know, we're going at that edge like that. Good luck with that uh, as a defense for 60 minutes, trying to handle that, th- those two loads. But you take him out of that. Now Dak can't run that stuff. I think the the issue with Zeke is that, you know, what do we always hear in negotiations? You know, that, oh, well, Jer- you know, when, when the, the Rams came back to LA, well, you know, Stan Kroenke and Jerry Jones, they very tight and Jerry, and I think that's what the problem is here is that Jerry is kind of seen as the godfather of the league and of all owners. And if he caves and lets a guy Mm. hold out and does a deal, you know, on a rookie contract with two years left, the other owner's going to be like, you're killing me, man. You are absolutely killing me. We can't have rookie. And look, I'm, and I'll present this. I think it is one of the number one changes, if not the number one change that should be made in the CBA, which is if you outperform your rookie contract, you should have an early exit. Hmm. Um, You know, you can't do it per position, but I think if you're named, not Pro Bowl, because we know how wonky that can get, but if you are named to an all-pro team, much like they do in the NBA with the Supermax, right, on those rookie deals, if you're named to an all-pro team in the first three years of your contract, you are able to opt out and negotiate a year earlier. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, that makes some sense. I I mean, whatever the, there must be some resolution to this because now you're really sitting on, I I mean, I just think that Jerry and company there, you know, Zeke has them over a barrel. I feel like the Chargers kind of have Melvin Gordon over a barrel. I think I know where you're going to go with this. Um, Let's, uh, who gets his money? A multiple choice. A, Melvin Gordon. B, Zeke Elliott. C, both. D, neither. I'll go, believe it or not, I'm going to go Melvin. Melvin gets his loot. I, I am, because well, I, well, well, I think could... he's going to take the deal. Oh, well, well. Okay. I think that's what happens. So he's I not going to get his money, but he no, will be there. I think there he for... will end up agreeing to a deal, because he, look, Mel, you know, Melvin's, he's A, injury, B, he wasn't the number four pick. He was the number 15 pick. So in his first year of that deal, he will make more money than he mm. would have had over his entire four-year career thus far in that first year. So I think at some point he sits down and looks at it. And his and, and look, the Chargers will probably do what you said. They'll allow him 
and his agent to, to save spin face it in some way, and right. spin it and say, hey, we got a partial guarantee. We had a zero guarantee on our third year. We got a partial same, dollars same and, deal. Right. Yeah, split because it differently. I just don't know if you're Melvin Gordon with that history of injuries, how you walk away from guaranteed 21 million bucks. It just doesn't. If you're a running back in sense. the NFL, it stinks, but that's what you have to do. Right. That's just the way it goes. That Frank Gore is the anomaly. I guess Adrian Peterson is, but he's also had a couple of major injuries himself, but still he's, uh, he's still thriving right. into his 30s. But those guys are awfully rare. I mean, Zeke's looking for 70 million bucks. Like that's that's because what was Gurley? 63, right? So I think he isn't that what it was? I think Gurley's was 63 million bucks. I, I, you know what? I, I was talking to Lindsey Rhodes, name drop uh, in the makeup room. I was not getting makeup for the record. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't money. As, <laughs> I would look nicer. But oh, look at me. Um, we were talking about this this very subject. And I realized like I hate to indulge contract talk because when yeah. I was growing up, holdouts. That was the thing when when we were a little bit younger. Like anybody drafted in the first five or ten picks of the draft, they would always hold out and they wouldn't be in camp. And that was a story. They're going to get this rookie in camp in time for the start of the season and all that. Now it's been replaced by this kind of stuff. And now we're really sitting on the cusp of two contenders. Think about that. Chargers and Cowboys are not jive teams. They're both Super Bowl contenders and it could all be scuttled by this. Right. I think the Chargers less so, to your point, than, uh, than the Cowboys. And I'm not sure what the resolution is. And I kind of feel like I don't want to say blame because then that makes it sound like I think he's a scab or something. He was merely, you know, doing his job and earning his keep in pro football. But as much as this is Levy and Bell misreading his his value and other high end running backs value in the NFL, it's also James Conner's doing right. Do you feel that that's yeah. fair to say that James Conner did well enough? It's a little overstated that he saw the same eight man boxes, or the same percentage of that they were running a safety I mean, I up think and then back. But I, I think there's so much evidence you know, to suggest that you can make it work, you know, whether it's the New England Patriots and whomever they decide to put out there, it's um, Damian Williams in place of Kareem Hunt and the Chiefs are a play away from from getting to the Super Bowl. It's, again, 4-0 for the Chargers. Fair or not, you know, if you look at the running back numbers, but the fact they went 4-0 when Melvin Gordon was hurt last year uh, on their 12-4 and campaign, James Conner in place of, of Le'Veon Bell and and puts up big numbers. Um, and then you look, and then the, the flip side of that is, you know, David Johnson and Todd Gurley. And it's like, okay, well, here's that David all, Johnson and one, here's right. Todd Gurley. And these, you know, and it's 57.5 is, is the total value of Gurley. So he'll probably look for like 65 million bucks is what, it, it, you know, is, is probably what Zeke wants. And I think that's, you know, that's that's the reality of it. it. It's unfortunate, and I hate doing it, too, because, what the, you know, I hate getting in guys' business. You know, I always have the, the – my saying has always been you are worth whatever somebody is willing to pay you. Don't tell me that that's too much of a contract or this guy's not getting paid enough. That's the contract. That's what it's. That's what he's worth because someone was willing to give Le'Veon Bell thirty-five million bucks in guarantees and fifty-two that's so million. Right. That's what he's worth. I think that's uh, it's those three things combined, and they're all related. Obviously, is James Conner in this, you know, being able to not just get by, but in in stretches at least some big fumbles, notwithstanding, um, by James Conner. Still, more or less, it works out that they do, that they have a guy on a rookie deal um, instead of this, uh, you know, fifteen million dollar man in the backfield in Levy and Bell to David Johnson and uh, real specifically not working out so well. And now Todd Gurley's future kind of in question. I, 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 you know, as much as, as much as we hear about it, I, I, I count me as a skeptic and Maurice Jones drew can, can uh, push back at me and I mean, call look at me Jared a conspiracy McKinnon. theorist. Jared but, McKinnon right. signs a $30 million deal uh, in, in San Francisco and immediately blows out his knee. And then the biggest thing of all is what you just said is that, 
at the end of it all, after all this, after all the smoke all through the season, oh, is, is Levy and Bell going to wind up on the Ravens? And, oh, that's going to be the, t- the worst uh, possible outcome for the Steelers. And who's going to chase him? And is he going to be a Niner? Is he going to be a Jed? And he's going to make a big splash. And he ends up making less money. That's kind of like now all the other teams are like, all right, go ahead then, Melvin. Go see what's out there for you. Yeah, who's going to like that's nobody's going to pay you more than what no. we're paying you. That's who's the gonna thing. Sell, like Zeke. Yes, you will find a team to pay. Like you could see the Jacksonville Jaguars saying, come on over. We'll, we'll give you 60 million bucks. We'd be glad to do it. I mean, that, that Zeke's a different deal, um, but I cannot see a team doing it for Melvin. That's why I think he'll be the one that ends up I, in and camp. And Zeke's got enough. Zeke's got enough stuff, though. The little sure. red flags and stuff sure. that that also is uh, is a is a part of the concern. He, and yet he pushed a guy over with his neck. <laughs> He's like when he bowed up on that dude at that concert, he didn't put his hands on him, but somehow he was able to kind of like get his neck on that guy and just shove him over that barricade. It's like, wow, that's one way to do Maybe it. Maybe he's hurt by the fact that he, even when he was at Ohio State, he looked like he was 32. He yes. doesn't seem young when no. you look at him in the face. No. Um, by the way, Lamar Jackson. If you haven't looked at him, and I don't know what happened to him, but he looks like a different human being. He looks like a difference between freshman year and uh, senior, senior year. year. He's, he's, he now looks like a man all of a sudden. Um, but then amidst all that, uh, to, to really uh, upset uh, 31 fan bases, the anomalous Patriots, they use a first-round pick. When nobody else does that, they use a first-round pick on Sonny Michelle, and he's the difference in them winning the Super Bowl, all the uh, Tom Brady And I think that's, that's the future. You know, I, because when you look at it and you go through, uh, and I have it up right now, you know, the money, you've got Gurley, Bell, Johnson, Freeman, Shady McCoy, and then there's Saquon Barkley, you know, who's arguably in the conversation as the best back in the league. And you use that that equity to, to get him, but now you've got him under control for five years. Uh, and he's making an average of seven million bucks a year, you know? And, and I think Belichick, always a step ahead of everybody, recognized that. And he's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to invest the first round pick, especially back end of the first round. And uh, good old Sony Michelle is making a total of nine point six million bucks on that rookie contract, and he's under control until twenty twenty two. By the way, I just as a side note, and uh, not not for name drop, I uh, talking to Sporty Simmons uh, last week. And he starts bellyaching about Sonny Michelle and a couple Patriots fans with him too. Like, that was a myth. That was I don't like that pick. I wish we wouldn't have done. You, he won you the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Have you noticed? Yeah, what? but he. I don't know what his future's going. He won you the Super Bowl. Who yeah. cares? He's a, so what? You have Everybody zigs the Pats zag. You have thirty seven Lombardis in the last backs. decade. What are you complaining about? You can't don't belly like that pick. I don't know about that pick. I would question Belichick. Anyway, yeah. All right, that ends that. But I do think that's the future. I, th- I think that the future is, you know, teams drafting running backs, especially if they can get them uh, in the back end of, of the first one. And I think you'll see it this upcoming season. I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin is probably the first guy that's off the board, and, and you'll see him go in the first round probably high because it now makes more sense based on what Gurley and, and Lev Bell and David Johnson's contracts did to kind of upset the running back market. How are we doing on time? Oh, it's already high noon. All right, let's. Uh, we don't have much time then uh, with Matt. See, look how the th- time flies by with Matt. Oh, we had tattoo talk. Want to throw yeah. in those voicemails? Yeah, right I want to right do that. that. We'll talk about Michael Thomas at a later That's time. That's fine. We got a lot of football talk. But today. by the way, yeah, I hate chunk. to. I know we did do a lot of football talk. I just want to make this point real quick uh, about this, and I'll 
presumably make it again because I repeat myself constantly, is uh, the Michael Thomas contract, again, I don't know what the answer is. Same thing as what do you do if you're the Cowboys with Zeke or the Chargers and what should Melvin Gordon do on the other side? Same thing goes, though. And I'm not saying that the Saints shouldn't have signed Michael Thomas. They absolutely positively had to keep Michael Thomas. They, that was sure. a, a requirement you do it. But it is weird that if you just look at the, the, the facts, over the last decade, Michael Thomas, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, only two teams reached the Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame level wide receiver by my assumptions that I'm making here. I assume Julio Jones and Reggie Wayne are both going to get gold jackets. There's no one else who reached the Super Bowl in the last 10 Super Bowls with that. So this this need as these conversations um, gain steam for another uh, August in advance of the regular season, what you have to have to win a Super Bowl, it is not a number one stud receiver to do it. You're better off kind of sort of like having depth at running back. It's kind of like you want to have dangerous guys who scare defenses sufficiently that that you don't know which way to turn. Because yeah, if think, it's all focused in on on the one guy, the, 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 the results speak for themselves. I think the one thing we get away from when it comes to, the, to these conversations, I mean, not to, to push back, but I guess I kind of am is, you know, you also have to remember you're limited to the guys on your team. So it's like, well, they'd be so much better off spending that money on a left tackle. It's like, yeah, but the left tackles that make it to market that don't get franchised and then get their long term deal. They're not left tackles that other teams want because everybody knows that's what you need. So yeah. because Michael mm. Thomas is on your team and he's one of the three best receivers in the league and Drew Brees probably has two, maybe three years left at this thing. You got to pay him because he's yours and you're not going to let him get to market because if he does, someone's going to give him that money because he's that good of a receiver. So I think that's what happens. It's not as simple as it's like um, I don't want to I don't want to put names out there because I don't want to grab the third rail of politics. But when some of these dunderheads say things like, well, what, why are you giving that company tax breaks? We could be building schools with that money and paying teachers. No, that's not how it works. It's tax break. And they're going to give a bunch of jobs to people and they're going to build a freaking giant 60 story building and factories here and a bunch of people are going to get employed and they're going to pay taxes. And that's the break. That's what this is. It's like, well, why don't you just give that money to a defensive end? Because there's no defensive end to pay because Mm -hmm. if the defensive end makes it to market, they're either injured or not as good as a Joey like Joey Bosa. He's not going to get to market. You know, people are like, well, you know, Chargers tend to be frugal sometimes. I got news for you. That guy's going to get his money like J.J. Watt got his money, like Miles Garrett's going to get his money because they're great. Those dudes don't make it to market. Right. The teams that have to spend big in free agency are doing so, to your point, because they swung and missed on on first-round picks, so they have to make up for that. With a second tier of those guys, you know? Right. I still, though, I I still I know what you're saying, though. It's like, do you pay this guy? But he's drafted by them. He's awesome. And you don't want them to leave, right? I mean, it that's- is a star league, and people forget that. And that, by the way, applies to fantasy football too. It's weird which chicken or the egg there, but people get people get uh, same th- with these fantasy drafts. Now, it really is the same sort of thing with a salary cap. That um, you, you, this thing about like, well, my 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 fantasy team is so deep now. I've got so many go. Yeah, but you don't have any actually good. <laughs> running backs. Right. I mean, like that's not. Yeah, but I, I can, I can uh, play. You know, I'll, I'll just uh, match them up, and uh, you know, nah, I'll win the wide receiver a, battle by such a wide margin that I can afford good, to. Yeah, that's not a good idea. You and I hate better the to whole, have Zeke Elliott. I, I hate you know it, the Patriots are such an anomaly. I, I hate when they push back on that. Like, well, you know, Bill Belichick told Deion Branch to pound mm-hmm. sand, and he told uh, you know, th- th- just stop. 
It's they're, they're different. I, they're I, different than everyone. You can never point to them. Don't tell me about the damn Patriots. They're weird. It doesn't, unicorn, doesn't just give me any other team. Weird unicorn. That's exactly what point we talked to, to Andrew any other team. about. I don't know why the rules in New England apply nowhere else, but they don't. So don't try to mimic what Bill Belichick is right. doing. Just look at what his coaches who've left and gone elsewhere. They don't succeed there. I don't know what voodoo Bill Belichick works up there, but he's clearly a witch. And the sooner <laughs> you accept it is a Wiccan. That's what I mean. He must be. That's the only thing I can. By the way, side note, I have to take my shots where I can take them at the Patriots. It is because it's a sincere one. They're the Patriots, named after the revolu- the American Revolution. You know, our soldiers. Bedrock our of our freedom. nation. And what do they do when a Patriot goes into the Ring of Honor? There? They give him a red coat. What sense does that make? Good it's stuff. upside down. Good stuff. That's not good stuff. That's a, a statement of fact. No, that's a, that's a good observation. A red coat. What, what? That's the tribute I get? Well done. All right. Hey, you know what's always well done? We haven't heard one in quite some time. Kent Brown's mom, Kent Brown, a uh, producer and a pal around uh, these parts here and a Pittsburgh native to boot. And I always tell people, you know, you can hear people. What is the Pittsburgh accent? And oh, by the way, Joe Manganello. Oh, oh I owe you an great. apology as to money. Well, he came in last week or two Don't weeks worry about ago it. for Manganello. I had to be up here anyway for a meeting. I know. But Manganello sitting in there and money. I noticed him behind me and then I turned around to bring him in and he was gone. He he ghosted. Was that because you were missed? I, no, I had a meeting with the uh, the big boss. Oh, all right. So I had to had to get over there at noon. Who Goodell? No. <laughs> no. Bigger. Bigger than Goodell. Bigger. I didn't even know that that That's was right. possible. The president of the United States of America? No. No. All right. I can't imagine there's anything bigger than that. Uh, so all right. Chief um, Justice. Ah, okay. That's right. Supreme Court was in town. Just doing the La Brea tar pits, doing a little touristy thing. Uh, <laughs> Stop by here at the NFL Network studios. That's what Johnny likes to do in his free time. That's right. Always wanted to see these. Does he wear his robe out? He does. Does he? I wouldn't. But he I does. bet he doesn't wear pants because he's in the, you know. Speedo. He can go on, yeah. yeah. He can go free underneath in Puerto California. Rican flag, interestingly enough. Really? Yeah, it's an odd Speedo. Interesting choice. Figure that one out. Kind of a political statement. A little bit. Um, okay, anyway. So I say, you know, Manganello and I chopped it up uh, in some Pittsburgh A's days. We talk Roethlisberger and everything. But the but perhaps the best example that I can think of, to, if you really want to know what the Pittsburgh accent sounds like, it's Kent Brown's mom. She leaves him unsolicited voicemails reviewing TV and movies. He, again, does not ask her to do it. She just calls him up and leaves her leaves her critiques of things she just watched, and then he forwards them to us, and uh, we're better for it. Let's hear one right now. What's this one about spaghetti? So we have two. We have one on a TV show, a very popular TV show, and one on currently the most popular movie. Which, what guys, which one do you want to hear? Or do you want to say? TV well, show. TV show? Or right, TV cool. show. Oh, yep. she'll tell us, I guess? Yeah, you'll know. Okay. Well, Ken, she did not pick Peter. He's the pilot from Westgate Village, California. That's the one I like. They never pick who I like. Now it's between Jed, singer, songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee, or Tyler. He's a contractor. She had sex with Peter and she had sex with, with, with Jed, but she did not have sex with Tyler because huh. she said they were so attracted to each other that she just wanted not to do that. But anyway, the ones I like, they never pick. And I really liked the one, he was the pilot from Westgate Village, California. 
All right, I'll talk to you after a while. Bye-bye. That is fantastic. The choices a that she makes. leaving you a voicemail about which which bows the bachelorette slept Dude, with. They loved each other too much. This... They were too hot for each other. They couldn't do it. I like PETA. <laughs> Westgate, West Lake Village, by the way. Why the whole? But every time the California too, just to make sure we knew. He's the pilot. He's a singer songwriter down in uh, Tennessee. Wow, that was good. Sex with him. (laughs) Because that was okay. That was okay. But But the the other one, Tyler guy, too hot. It was too hot. We could too hot and heavy. Couldn't couldn't do it. I man, oh man, I I I don't know. I I don't know if you ever have had Chris Harrison on. Your show. Uh, he and Petros want to kill each other. Is that true? Yeah, you know, I mean, look, not to not to play this game, and I don't mean to, but I do want to. It's not my thing. It's his thing. We've been doing Bachelor recaps, and they're hysterical for because you have never you've never watched years, the show, and I don't watch it, and I but just you react know in the a moment. ton about it. Yeah, but it's been ten years, so it's not like some newfangled thing. A lot of people do them now, but one of the things, one of the observations. <laughs> Uh, that that Petros made early on, my radio partner, for those that don't know, um, was that Chris Harrison has the tiniest hands. Oh, yes. And, That's absolutely right. And he used to listen because, you know, originally it was just The Bachelor Report and goofing around. And all of a sudden, it got to be about his little tiny hands and how he tries to make them look bigger when he talks. He spreads his hands. And now, if you look, he tailors his suits so his sleeves are extra short. And then his suit coat is even shorter. So you see, like, this much of his wrist sticking out of his coat. So, yes, the two of them... And, and I've weighed in when I get the, the sanctimonious Harrison <laughs> clip. I just I, I want to reach <laughs> through my TV and punch him in the head. Um, uh-huh. My big takeaway, because, again, I've <laughs> never watched an episode of The Bachelor of the Bachelorette, but I, I know every winner and every major player for the last 10 years because my radio partner does this. So my, not that we need to do this, and, but whatever. I guess it's the Thursday of Bachelorette week. Who does this Hannah think she is? You want to come at this guy, Jed, for, for having a girl before he comes on the show? And you're busy having sex with Peter four times in a windmill the Thank week you. before you tell him we're getting engaged. No, no, man. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. I mean, but Chris Harrison, he is the uh, he's the straw Hannah, that stirs the poisonous drink. Hannah, how 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 much did it hurt I, your heart when you heard that Jed had sex with his girlfriend before he came to The Bachelor? The almost whisper. I couldn't believe he did it. I mean, it's he's supposed to be an honorable man. Honorable man, you had sex with a guy four times in a windmill a week before you said I want you to marry me. Let me uh, it's it's the two beats of silence then the almost whispered response. You tell me Hannah like I'm sorry I'm not in love with him anymore. And and I mean, now the live audience with all sure, the, go, with, with all the women. So I'm Hannah. You're Hannah. I just want I just okay. want like as best I can to all see right, if, if if Chris Harrison ever moves on, I'd like the gig. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I'm just, I'm not in love with him anymore. Roll Tide. Hannah. <laughs> Tyler. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, this Chris Harrison, I, I, he, is, I, he is captivating because I, m- m- the fire burns so hot in me. The, you know, uh, when, when I watch his performance around <laughs> that show, which, by the way, I know it wouldn't be the demo, but, uh, but I, always, I, I always say, and, and, and I'm sincere about this because, again, as I've mentioned. You know he authored a romance novel. 
No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, this got... is, you want to talk about delusions of grandeur? No this man authored a uh, romance novel. I'm so glad you brought this Thinking up. That he's like a Danielle Steele or something. Oh, oh, spaghetti. I want that ordered up. Sure. ASA and P, and we will have football players do readings from Good that call. Uh, from that novel yeah, as soon as we can get a football player in here to do it. That is a – I had no idea, but that's wonderful news. Um, the Perfect Letter, the, a novel by perfect, Chris Harrison. <laughs> the Perfect Letter. I, uh, the, the thing I love is that, um, that Chris Harrison, um, he does the exact opposite. I, I, because, as I've said, I'm vain. If I were the host, I would the much more fun execution of that show would be to get in their ear and be like, that loser? Like, you're not going to go <laughs> to that, are you? Like, why would you do that? Like, well, I was talking to him the other day. I wouldn't be with that guy. Like, he's saying, really? His jokes are so stupid. Like, I, that's what I would do the whole – that would make hey, it more – help me out here, man. Come on. Come on, Dave. Help me out here. I'm working on something, okay? <laughs> the best is when Chris Harrison weighs in. It's one thing when he's talking to The Bachelor about, like, oh, you got a tough choice. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes with those 18, uh, with those 18 women. They all seem wonderful. But when he does it the opposite, it's so awkward. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes, yeah. Anna. Oh, those are, those are. Yeah, it's a difficult decision, Chris. Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more voicemail, and then money goes. This one's about a movie? This is about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Hey, as soon as the news is over, I'm going to watch um, Kimmel. Everybody from that movie is on tonight. T Quentin Tarantino, first time ever for for uh, Leonardo DiCaprio had to be on Kimmel, and um, that girl's in it, Margot Robbie. She's going to be on, and the other guy that's in it. Married to Angelina Jolie. What's his name? <laughs> Brad Pitt. Okay, they're all on. You know Margot Robbie, but you don't know Brad Pitt? I'm going to see that movie on Thursday. Oh, God. With Sue Annisberger. I think we're going at 4 o'clock. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Not just who the company's going to be, <laughs> but what time mail. they're going to see the movie. It's the end of that voicemail. <laughs> oh, my Kimmel. God. She's on Kimmel. Margot. Oh, my God. We're Margot going to Robbie. see it. On Thursday with Sue Annisberger <laughs> at 4 o'clock. All right, I got to go. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's the best. She really is. It's awesome. Because oh, I, I get the that. sense that this is a Monday, that it's, you know, coming off the big box office he weekend. He texted us. Yeah, he texted us a couple. This one is from uh, I'm guessing it's Monday. Yeah. Yeah, because they're all, Dang. you know, it's the big box office weekend. They're all going to be on Kimmel on Monday. Dang. I'm going to go. Leo's first ever appearance on Kimmel. And history, Margot dude. Robbie. Don't miss history, dude. Don't don't uh, deprive yourself of, of bearing God, witness so good. to TV history. I'm going to go see it with Sue Annisberger. Leo and on Kimmel Thursday together. All right, I got to go. <laughs> Where do you got to go? You're not going to the movie until Thursday. All four. right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go pick out my outfit. For, as soon uh, as the news is. And she's like, <laughs> as soon as the news is over here, I'm going to turn on Kimmel because this is what's happening. Dude, I'm going to watch on TAE just in oh, case because I don't want to miss it. I'm just going to tune in Channel 4 right now. <laughs> WTAE. WTAE. I watch the news there. And then I, then even if I if I nod out during the uh, during the weather. I'll wake up and hopefully Leo so will be good. on there. All right, listen, a uh, a grand time as always. Uh, see, the show really cooks when we get uh, Matt Money Smith in here, and soon his pal from uh, from the UK, Handsome Hank, will rejoin, and then we shall truly ascend to the stars. Darn right. 
just in time for football season, along with our pals over there at Zaxby's. Head over there. Famous chicken, fingers, wings, and salads. Don't deprive yourself of uh, bearing witness and, more importantly, tasting the uh, delicious treats that they have waiting for you there. All right. Uh, great stuff, Matt Money Smith. A pleasure to see you. Go check him out. Petros Good to be back. Money, uh, iHeartRadio, anywhere. In the world. And you're hearing my voice. You can track down that show. Do so. Download it and uh, find out why we said at the top of the show, it is the best radio show in all the land. And uh, we'll be back. Wait, today is okay. So yeah, we'll be back. We'll we'll be back one more day. We'll be back uh, later in the week with another one for you. Till then, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.